Hey, Molly here to confirm that, yes, the rumors are true. We're on Patreon. With your monthly membership, you'll get access to a bonus episode, as well as access to Patreon-only polls and posts about the info that we didn't have time for in the regular episodes. Hope to see you there. Bye-bye. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do yeah. We, I, I don't, I've never, I, you, no. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, that really oh, hey. kind of grosses me out. That was so organic. Thank you. Well, Frank, uh, during the past few days, I've been reading some of the things that you've said about creepies, and uh, you've said quite a lot. Well, I think that it was about time that somebody did start discussing groupies because prior to that time, it was a, a sociological phenomenon that had existed uh, in the, the pop world. It's been existing for years and years, and nobody even said anything about it. And, and uh, I was the first one to put it in print. Well, can I just quote what you did say? You said, they make the ultimate gesture of worship, human sacrifice. Hi, I'm Molly, and in my recent quest to only listen to music produced by morally perfect musicians, I've limited my listening diet to Pavarotti and Weezer. (laughs) Hi, I'm Katie, and I believe that merch girls were the groupies of the early aughts, and nobody sold more trucker hats with band names on them than I. Oh, (laughs) a merch girl. Yeah. Who are you selling merch for again? This band called What About Frank. (laughs) What About Frank? (laughs) They were like a ska band. You do have a groupie vibe, to be honest. I know. I know. When I was watching the... Well, we'll get into it. You are. You are. I'm a groupie. You are a groupie. 100. But you're like... But I'm of age. You're of age. (laughs) All right. So don't give anything away. Spoiler alert. I am a groupie. This episode is about underage groupies. Yeah. And how much of a thing they were. Yeah. They were the top groupies of their time, talking about the 60s and 70s, L.A., uh, mm-hmm. classic rock, huge names, Led Zeppelin, Iggy Pop, David Bowie, mm. the Rolling Stones. All of these guys surrounded themselves with groupies, many of whom we're minors. So young. And it's this fascinating thing where we've hit that we've come to a time where there's so much backlash against people who have uh, committed these kinds of sins. Uh, like crimes, this, even. This, crimes, even. No, yeah, it's cri- okay to say crimes. It's okay to say crimes. <laughs> so, like R. <laughs> Kelly, most notably. Yeah. And when we did our R. Kelly episode, um, I did another a guest spot on a podcast called Explain to Me mm-hmm. and I had asked her and Explain to Me is um, a, a podcast that focuses on issues that um, mostly affect minorities and I had asked her like oh do you want to talk about the R. Kelly stuff and the, ha- and the host uh, Bex Carlos said that she didn't and that she wanted to instead focus on the many uh, white rock stars who had never, uh, never had to face yeah. the music about the uh, documented incidents of statutory rape that they definitely committed. Sure. And it is, it's like now, it's like you have people like there most recently, uh, there is that famous YouTuber named Austin Jones who was mm-hmm. sentenced to fully 10 years in prison wow. for soliciting uh, inappropriate. Was I it believe pictures? It was pictures and videos with where young he was fans. instructing his young fans, like young teenage yeah. fans, to twerk. 
I think in various stages of undress. I'm not totally sure on that detail, but he Great. was sentenced to prison. Good. And then that band, Brand New, uh, some women came forward and said that the lead singer had done the same, basically the same thing, you know, groomed them mm-hmm. to send uh, the, him lewd photos. And uh, I don't think he actually faced any legal uh, ramifications, but they did cancel tour dates. And it's just amazing how yeah. how over the top uh, these bands were and how upfront they were about their interactions with girls as young mm-hmm. and how to this day Rolling Stones still perform live. Uh, oh yeah, uh, is Iggy Pop still around? In way, in some ways, it's like they've <laughs> just they've somehow evaded the trouble. The trouble. And people actually saying like, hey, your music's great. Yeah. It impacted me uh, greatly. And uh, it's always going to be part of that era. But you... Uh, but hey, I don't <laughs> love that. You need to answer for this I agree. in some way. So uh, I want to take you back to 1975. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She's swaying in a very 1975 <laughs> type of way to a talk show called Monday Conference. They weren't mm, like, they didn't not great. <laughs> nail naming shows back then. I feel like other shows what was called like, everything was called like, howdy do or oopsie doopsie with yeah. <laughs> Lawrence Welk or whatever. Just yeah. some brothers. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's, this Australian, <laughs> there's this Australian talk show called Monday Conference where the talk show host is interviewing Frank Zappa. And the interviewer is asking him about the groupie phenomenon, and uh, he mentions how Zappa has described groupies as one of the most amazingly beautiful products of the sexual revolution. And then Zappa responds, he's asking him, like, why did you call it that? And Zappa says, well, you'd have to go on the road and check it out a few times. (laughs) Very good, Zappa. Um, And then, thank you. And Zappa also refers to it as uh, human sacrifice. Um, and then he says, the host says, not even we would call it human sacrifice on this show, Monday Conference. Yeah. We wouldn't be as male sexist as that. Almost like, We uh, Australians. Yeah. He's like, uh, <laughs> I'm an Australian man in the seventies and I think that that's a bit much. So come on. That says something. <laughs> and Zappa responded, I'm describing a phenomenon. Why would you call it sexist? Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, well, actually, before, before we Jesus. really get into it, I did want to just, we keep forgetting to say this, please follow us on Twitter Ugh, we forget. at YanoPod and, and Instagram. on Instagram at YanoYaPodcast. And I also wanted to mention that if any of this interests you, there's another great podcast called mm. Disgraceland. He's done great episodes on like David Bowie and Iggy Pop's relationship and uh, Led Zeppelin's very dorky obsession with Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to go off into if this inspires you and gets you interested in that era, check them out. Also, Death by Champagne. Yeah, I was gonna we say. haven't shouted them out, en- out enough. No, we haven't. Uh, they do more uh, true crime mm-hmm. related stuff. We we love them. And we they really do the cases them. that we're too afraid to. 100%. We would never touch it the way that they can. Yeah. So they kill it. If you like them, I mean, if you like us, you'll love them. If you like us, you'll forget about us because you'll be too in love with them. Yeah. Actually... <laughs> Stay away. Actually, don't, You're ours. Don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> We're a very jealous podcast. We are. I want to talk more about how blatant this affection that these rock stars had for these very underage 
girls. There was that. Uh, there's that song. What is it? Stray cat. Yeah, stray cat blues. Yeah, by, by the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. Where uh, Mick croons. Uh, I can see that you're 15 years old. No, I don't want your ID. Oh God. And I've seen that you're so far from home, but it's no hanging matter. It's no capital crime. It's not yeah. a capital crime. Yeah. <laughs> He's it's not no, wrong. He's not wrong. That's he's the thing. just not right. Uh, he said, you look so weird and you're so far <laughs> from home, but you don't really miss your mother. Don't look so scared. I'm so mad. I'm no mad-brained bear. But it's no hanging matter. It's no capital crime. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Woo. <laughs> Rock and roll, Maybe I suppose. We'll, we should play the actual clips <laughs> yeah, we, from the song. Will. I'm, I may not be doing it justice. You're making it scarier than it sounds in the song. But yeah. you're... But you're I'm giving right. the real message. But yeah, when you listen to it in the song, you're like, you're like, I love yeah. to rock. You're like, I love to rock. I brought this up. A man I follow on Instagram posted, like, I feel like uh, as unrelented. What did he say? I can't remember now. He said, when I feed stray cats, (laughs) I feel as cool as Mick Jagger singing about committing statutory rape (laughs) with impunity. And I was like, some men get it. (laughs) They really do. Who is that? Plug plug him. Um, Mike who is a bartender at Barcade at, okay. at Mike Mistake. Wow. I thought he was going to be a famous person. He's no, just, he's some, just guy. some guy. Wow. Amazing. And that's why some guys get it. And then we have Iggy Pop song, uh, Look Away. It, incl- it contains the lyrics, I slept with Sable when she was 13. Her parents were too rich to do anything. She rocked her way around L.A. till a New York doll carried her away. I slept with Sable when she was 13 Her parents were too rich to do anything She rocked away around L.A. Till a New York dial carried her away Look away So he is, of course, referring to a real person. Yes. Sable Star. Sable Star. That wasn't quite her real name. Her last name was something different. But she went by Sable Star. That was like a thing with the groupies. Yeah. They would have like their Cute groupie names. name mm-hmm. to let you know. It was like, like her. I'm down. Uh, Lori Maddox went by Lori Lightning. Yeah. Sable and Lori were friends. Uh, and then also Queenie was in that group. Mm-hmm. I forget what Queenie's. Queenie. And they were all like 13, 14. Yeah, they were 14, Queenie, 15. Queenie I don't know a lot about. Queenie was hard to find right? information about. Yeah. Not not a whole lot of That's information okay. about her. She was just in the mix. That was the scene. Yeah. So uh, Sable and Sable Star and Lori were pals and sometimes enemies. They would fight mm. over the same uh, rock stars. Sable lost her virginity to I don't know how people know this. I don't know if this is coming from Sable or somebody okay. else, but it's widely talked about Mm -hmm. it seems to be a known fact that she lost her virginity when she was 12 to a musician who went by randy california from the band spirit uh i have in my notes listen to spirit because i've never heard of them i never did let's not but then i was like randy california i can't (laughs) um she then she 
dated. Dated is the wrong word to use. Yeah. <laughs> she was uh, molested by Jimmy Page yeah. from ages 14 to 16. And then uh, after that, he took up with Lori. Who was 14. To, who was 14. Much to Sable's discontent. So Lori Maddox lost her virginity at 14 years of age to David Bowie. I know this story. Which she told uh, Thrillist. She yeah. talked to Thrillist about it in a 2015 interview. Um, so she says in that interview, uh, he focused his famously two-colored eyes on me and said, Lori, darling, can you come with me? Sable looked like she wanted to murder me. He walked me through his bedroom and into the bathroom where he dropped his kimono. Mm. He got into the tub already filled with water and asked me to wash him. Of course I did. Then he escorted me into the bedroom, gently took off my clothes and de-virginized me. So then she goes after that encounter, she goes to check on Sable. Sable is very angry mm. and uh, she was fogging up windows and writing, I want to fuck David in the steam. <laughs> These teens. people are 14. I was like, These are teens. <laughs> uh, so Lori says she felt bad and then she tells David, like, Hey, oh, Sable's right. really pissed. And then they had a three way. Oh, <laughs> so gross. Now, if they were all 20, I'd say hot. Sure. <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> they're they're truly How old not. was he? I don't know. In his like twenties, probably, oh. maybe thirties. I don't know. Yes, he's a guy where you look at and you just don't know how old he is. No, you don't. And that's he knew that. Oh god. And probably used it to his advantage. It was really interesting reading about how they would sort of, how they knew where to find rock stars. Yeah. And it was really just like, because think about it, no internet, kids. I know. Like, truly, how did they truly, know? Like, what were they just selling, s- sending each other telegraphs? Like, do, right. do, 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 <laughs> put on your tube tops. Um, but no, they would just, they just always knew when a band would be in town and they would find out through like a whisper down the lane sure. or what is it, like... Tin can telephones strung <laughs> between their houses. Or they'd say like, oh, yeah, Led Zeppelin's going to be at the Hyatt. Let's go. Let's go, girls. <laughs> Through this, they, like, would track down. Um, Sable, like, always knew where Led Zeppelin was. She told Lori, like, Jimmy Page is mine. Uh, her exact words were, if you touch him, I will shoot you. Oh, my God. Um, but then one night, they're all at the Rainbow, which is this famous mm-hmm. club, uh, I believe, on the Strip in L.A., uh, and Lori gets approached by Led Zeppelin's manager, Peter Grant, and she says he was around 700 pounds and scary as hell. And he said to God, her, you're coming with me, young lady. To Lori? Yeah. Mm. She said, I wound up in a limo and didn't know where I was going, but it was to the Hyatt. I felt like I was being kidnapped. I got taken into a room, and there was Jimmy Page. He wore a wide-brimmed hat and held a cane. It was perfect. He mesmerized me. I fell in love instantly. Yeah, a lot of that only works on teens. Eventually, uh, Jimmy is so enamored with her that he wants to take her with him. And he asks her mom for permission. And she says, rock on? Yeah. um, Lori says that her mom liked him um, and that she used to be an agent and was savvy to show business. Mm. And she knew that I was dating the biggest rock star in the world. She used to say, my daughter is like Priscilla Presley, who... Met was Elvis famously a teen. When she was 14. Yeah. And for all we know, like, maybe they had some kind of, like, old-fashioned courtship. I don't know. But, yeah, <laughs> they 
that he was interested in her yeah. when she was 14. And I guess that sort of paved the way for uh, so many future Jimmy rock Jimmy Page was what? Perverts. The guitarist? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Who was the main guy? Robert Plant. Okay. Yeah. Ugh, I love not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point, the hotel that Jimmy Page and Lori Maddox were staying in, mm-hmm. and I guess the rest of Led Zeppelin, had been robbed. And the FBI showed up and mm-hmm. uh, they were like, we got to search your room because they believed for whatever reason that it had been an inside job. Okay. And so he hides Lori. Right, so there was all this she's... stuff about how. So, okay. I wanted to bring this up because I feel like people like to say, like, oh, it was a different time. It wasn't. No, he knew <laughs> he well knew. enough. He was. And there's, I've read uh, other places that she couldn't leave the hotel room when she was with him. And he was really going out of his way to make sure people, because even back right. then, it would have. Who does this sound like? Trapping a girl in a hotel room who's <laughs> underage. I'm just saying. Yeah, this I agree. People love to hang on to the different time thing. Yeah, it was still bad and illegal. Yeah, even if the teens wanted, I don't know. What yeah. can a teen really want? Yeah. So Thrillist, the interviewer at Thrillist asked Maddox. Um, so then eventually he very. In, like, the cruelest, least Jimmy. mature way possible, Jimmy leaves her for BB, is it pronounced? Bebe Buell. Bebe. Bebe. Okay. Bebe Buell, who was of age. But he just sort of, he doesn't say, like, hey, it's been a stone gas, baby, but I gotta keep rambling on. He just, like... He was like, I'm not unlocking you out of this hotel room. It's just, he just, uh, she just, I think she just like hears that he's with her, like walks in on them or something, where he just like ices her out. Right. What a guy. (laughs) So in the Strillist interview, um, the interviewer asked Maddox if she feels that she was exploited. And she says, no, I feel blessed. I feel like I was protected rather than exploited. I feel like I was very present. She then recalls that she later met up with, like many years later, uh-huh. when Jimmy Page was uh, 71 oh. and at the time dating a 25-year-old. Uh, they met up, uh, him and Lori, and as Maddox remembers it, he said to me, Lori, we were both children back then. I felt like telling him at least one of us oh, was. Girl. But she didn't say that. <laughs> Lori, why didn't you say it? That's a it very good such burn. A zing. That is a burn. So, yeah, so that was it. And I think that this is part, I uh, I think we've touched on one of the reasons that these guys aren't getting the R. Kelly treatment, and that is that a lot of these gals still look back quite fondly on yeah, their I guess time the ac- together. There's no real accuser. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, these girls yeah. are still like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference, I think. And, you know, make of that what you will. I'm yeah, not- we're not here to say. Yeah. Um, so we also know a lot of what the groupie scene was like. Yeah. Mostly, I would say it's been documented the most thoroughly, as far as I'm aware, by a memoir called I'm with the Band, Confessions of a Groupie, mm. which is by Pamela Disbars at the time. Her last name was uh, Pamela Miller. Disbars is her married name. Uh, and she was uh, a little bit older than these gals. So, like, she, she was, was yeah. uh, she was, I believe, 18 or 19 before she was actually having sex with rock stars. But she has been connected with a bunch, All of like, them. a stunning, like, she a truly. A beautiful knew. amount. 
<laughs> Honestly. Uh, Noel Redding, who mm-hmm. is Jimi Hendrix's drummer. Jimmy Page, once again. Once Mick again. Jagger, uh, Keith Moon of The Who. I don't know if she dated Keith Moon, but they were pals. Yeah. She hung out with, she was really good friends with Frank Zappa and Gail Zappa. She mm-hmm. babysat Frank Zappa's kids. Yeah. Uh, she was pals Deweasel. with uh, Captain Beefheart. Like, yeah. She was just in Crosby. the right place. I don't know. Yeah. About, but okay. Yes. Yeah. I was mean, like one of the first guys. And then to, and through reading about her, through reading her book, uh, you d- it's more of that thing of like, man, she was just in the right place at the right yeah. time. She was going to high school in uh, Reseda, which is a suburb of L.A., and it was just very easy for her to get mm-hmm. to. All of these people were hanging out together. Like yes. they all went to the same clubs in LA and the same stayed at the same hotels. Mm-hmm. And she talks about like her friend would be like, "Hey, uh, uh, she went to high school with Meatloaf's. Sorry, not Meatloaf. I'm so sorry. She has Meatloaf on the brain. <laughs> we all Captain do. Beefheart's cousin. I get my meat-based musicians <laughs> mixed up. <laughs> So she went to high school, was pals with Captain Beefheart's younger cousin, mm. and so she would go hang out with Captain Beefheart, and then they'd all be like, hey, we're going to go see the Rolling Stones. Captain Beefheart was a fan. Like, let's go. And they would, like, hear, just, again, through the wind, yeah. that they were going to be rec- recording at RCA Studios, and so they'd just go hang around the studios and see them, and then Mick Jagger would be like, hi, I don't have a GPS, it's 1968, can you just get in my car and tell Show me where, me where to go? Yeah. And so that... And it didn't hurt that she was a total babe. Right, and she's a she's a cutie. Um and again, like Mick, I don't, I don't think that he was. Uh, she like saw him when she was a much younger teen, but they didn't start dating until way later. Yeah, it but seemed she, like she was of age during a lot. But of she this. did once know where he was staying in his hotel, and there would be like just all these random girls hanging around their hotel, and she went up to the room where he was staying, knocked on the door, and he answered the door naked. Just like, is this what you, I guess this is what you were looking I mean, for? I and think then she it screamed was. and oh. ran away. Oh, yeah. In the documentary I watched, they did a reenactment of that. They did a lot of reenactments. Tell me about this documentary you watched. It was called Let's Spend the Night Together. And it was like basically an E! True Hollywood interview of Pamela DeBar, they say her Mm -hmm. name that way. Oh, whoops. Um, Whoops. They're probably right. They're probably right. And... (laughs) She yeah she talks about the first time she saw well one of the times she went up to Mick's room and he did answer it naked and they felt the need E True Hollywood felt the need to do a reenactment of a blurred naked man and a young woman <laughs> running away screaming <laughs> which I thought was great and she also mentioned something I thought was very funny was when she was younger before she was really hitting the scene her friend and her would like make out with the back of their hands to pretend they were kissing, like, their yeah. star at the moment. And I was like, and they reenacted that on Eat True Hollywood Story. Oh, God. <laughs> at one point, I was like, I've had enough. Yeah, that's what her book is like, too, where she dives so deep it's like into we don't her, know all like, that. early teen fantasies yeah. about she was the first, like, a lot of girls of her. She was born in 1948. And, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of women born in 1948, she loved the Beatles. The Beatles. Was, like, obsessed with that. Which, yeah. fine, fair enough, but it's just so... Grossed <laughs> how much it's like we all remember being that age and how yeah sticky we were. Oh God, <laughs> it's just so awful the horniness to think about. of teens. And she's just she just puts it all all out there. I wanted to mention oh, yeah God she talks about uh, <laughs> I have this written down this note from my readings. Um, I dreamed about what was between Paul's milky white thighs. We know what's between them. <laughs> 
Milky White? Uh, she goes on to say, I collected Beetle bubblegum cards, and one of them was a shot of Paul playing the bass, sitting on a bed in a hotel with his legs apart. <laughs> you could actually see the shape of his balls being crushed by the tightness of his trousers, and I carried that, crowd, that card around with me in a little gold box with cotton covering it like it was a precious jewel. Imagine being so horny that you think about Paul McCartney's balls. I, I mean, I've been pretty horny, but that's too much. I, yeah, it's too much. I don't. Imagine I, admitting that. No. Incredible. In writing. So she talks a lot about um, just her insatiable boy craziness. Yeah. And she is truly like, I, you see it. You see that she had the makings of what it takes to be a truly yeah. great groupie, which is that she Queen of cannot think about anything, anything else except boys and uh, her attractiveness to them. Yes. Uh, she talks a lot about her insecurities about having uh, small breasts and uh, she talks about stuffing her bra and early on you see these uh, this competitiveness that she had with other other women mm-hmm. that never really went away. Yeah. Uh, especially in her groupie days. Some might say it even got worse. Uh, she talks about how this one classmate had really was really well endowed and how jealous she is of her classmates' big boobs because all the all her male classmates admire them and have things to say. And, but then she says, and this is her writing in her 30s, yes. she says that she comforts herself with the thought that they are swaying at waist level by now. That's not nice. <laughs> like, like, okay. <laughs> there's a foreword by Dave Navarro in this most recent edition of the book. Dave. Uh, and he says, my personal advice to the readers, <laughs> men keep a box of tissue handy while reading this book. Women, try to keep your deep feelings of jealousy and hostility at bay. You know you wish this was your story. Tissue for crying or jerking off? Both. Oh. Why does it have to? Yeah, you're to, right. It can be both. Por que no los dos? From, but I don't anyway, like that from comment that forward, about boobs. From that forward, it's like, ooh, I get the sense that Miss Pamela maybe doesn't have a ton of female friends. Yeah. Not a girl's girl, I'm going to go out and say. Not a gal's gal. Uh, yeah, so she and her friends, they're obsessed. Uh, they eventually do start meeting rock stars, and she is actually dating Noel Redding for a while. Uh, she's uh, in the course of her friendship with Frank Zappa. Uh, she he forms uh, my a favorite groupie, group, <laughs> a groupie band called the GTOs, which stands girls for girls outrageously together. No, uh, <laughs> GTO stands for girls together Another outrageously. Yeah. Well, originally it was girls together only, but then they it's would change They they would change it to outrageously mm-hmm. or organically or I like it what? outrageously. Okay. Girls Together Outrageously. (laughs) They put out an album called Permanent Damage in 1969. Uh, I've listened to snippets of it. Mm. You'd have to be the biggest Frank Zappa fan in the world to see the point of what what that was. I really don't like Frank Zappa's music. That's okay to say here on this show. I do. That's okay. But I get it. I just find him like so much more... I'm not the first person to say this, but he and Captain Beefheart are so much funnier than ever. Like they certainly the were funny. Stones took themselves, and Jimi Hendrix, like uh, you know, great music and all, but they took themselves so seriously. Yeah, in, in a time way, when they looked so silly, at a time when they were wearing such stupid pants. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like Frank Zappa like got it a little more. Okay. 
And he, I love, disagree I love like what he would say about like, I was never a hippie. I was always a freak. Well, he certainly was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she dates Jimmy Page for a while. He strings her along much the same mm-hmm. as with, uh, with Lori. And then after that, she ends up sleeping with Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm. She has a passionate affair with him. Um, but she talks about in this interview that I listened to her, she was recently, like October of last year, I think, she was on an episode of WTF with Mark Marin. Mm. And she really emphasizes how uh, that they were they weren't just there for sex, the okay. groupies. They were they would write letters back and forth and when they were in town, the groupies would really take care of them. Like they would show Alice Cooper how to put on makeup uh-huh. and they would, you know, give them advice about what to wear. Like they were really she emphasizes like it was like we knew we weren't going to get married, but yeah. we knew. But it was also like a, we were taking care of them kind of thing. And then she'll see she like brings up the uh, the shark story mm-hmm. with Led Zeppelin. You know about this? No. They were staying at the Edgewater in Seattle, which is a hotel that's right on the edge of the Puget Sound, and you can actually fish. Off oh. of your balcony. I can't believe you haven't. You know, no. You're not a Led Zeppelin fan. No, God. So, so, I'm a human woman. So there's this rock and roll legend <laughs> that uh, that they got a mud shark, reeled it in, and then uh, fucked a girl with it. So A shark? They use like the shark's body parts and like sh- shoved him. <laughs> so, and she's like, hey, that wasn't me. I wasn't there when it happened. Uh, I don't but think that's that something and she that said, happened. And she was like, and it wasn't Led Zeppelin. It was the roadies. It was always the roadies whose idea that was. Yeah, it was always the roadies. <laughs> it was always that's what the I've roadies, always blamed. wasn't it, Pam? <laughs> but yeah, no, it she, wasn't me. It was the roadie. <laughs> yeah, and she always and she emphasizes like, uh, okay, yeah, I did have you know like she's like people are so uptight about sex and people do give her like an unreasonable amount of shit. Yes, and it's they like do. Uh, you know, yeah. She, what would you have done? Let her, oh yeah, position. oh I'm gonna be like Mick Jagger, put it away. Like no, yeah, we're gonna bone. But she does seem eager to distance herself from this. I, she was like, it wasn't like a one night stand thing. It's funny, like how much she's like, don't slut shame me, but then is like, hey, I wasn't one of these sluts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> Where yeah, she really wants to distance herself from that idea that a lot of people have about groupies, which is that they're just very available. Right. And she's like, no, it was more. He loved me. He didn't. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so at one point, uh, she says that she realizes um, that after Jimmy Page dumps her kind of unceremoniously, mm-hmm. uh, but then Led Zeppelin, <laughs> Led Zeppelin comes back in town and she realized how desperate for attention and affection I was when good old Led Zepp came to town and I flopped around with Jimmy again. Oh. The first was wonderful, even though he started to imbibe many harmful substances. But the second night, he left me stranded in front of the whiskey like a floundering, faded Jezebel, while he sleezed off with a 13-year-old nymphette called Lori Lightning. I sat around all night with the rest of the group getting pissed, and they all agreed that I was too good for that sort of thing. Oh, well. Uh, Um. (laughs) She talks about... So she's talking... So this is when... So she sort of paved the way for a lot of groupies, mm-hmm. and then uh, they, they they don't take kindly to her presence. Uh, she goes on to say, the rock and roll girls were getting older, and I was no good at competing. They hated me because I had been there first, and they called me awful names at Rodney Biggenheimer's English <laughs> Disco, 
old being the most popular, odious declaration of loathing. I let them get to me. They told me I was over the hill. And I looked in the mirror, inspecting my 25-year-old face for early stages of decrepitness. The most, she means decrepitude, the most hideous of these tartlets was Sable Star. Tartlet? Tartlets. Damn. She thought she invented nipples and pubic hair. (laughs) Remember, this is the 70s, or I guess, yeah, 70s, when pubes were in. Pubes 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 are always in for me. (laughs) Let it be known. At an Elton John party on the lot at Universal, she shouted out to me, Give it up, you old bag! I flipped her the bird. I believe the GTOs paved the way for these infant upstarts, and I thought they should show me some kind of respect, or at least recognition for my groundbreaking strip-walking efforts. The strip in L.A. where they have all these clubs. Uh, And it's just like... She should have been like, girls, go home. Girls, go home. She should have been like, talk to me. Let's work this out. Uh, And it's just like, imagine being intimidated by a 14-year-old. No. Imagine. I won't. I mean, I guess like (laughs) these men that she had consorted with for so long were paying attention to these girls. So I guess... That it sort of I would have legitimized. Been like, Ew. I would have been like, hey, what the fuck, hey, Jimmy? Jimmy? Maybe don't talk to a 13-year-old. And hey, Lori, let's get you out of here, babe. Like, that's what Those I would have said. Those would be great lyrics to a GTO song. Uh, God, if only we had been managers. So the other place <laughs> that these, the other way that we know that this groupie lifestyle was documented mm-hmm. through a short-lived, was through a short-lived magazine called Star. Yeah. Not named after Star, just Star. Mm-hmm. Somewhat ironically, uh, the magazine is not about stars. It's about groupies. <laughs> <laughs> Who are stars in their own star, way? It should have been called Star Adjacent. <laughs> uh, star and pals. It's really, you can find these. There's a full PDF of all five issues oh, if you're great. interested. It's very fun to peruse. They have titles on the front like, Be the Girl Who Wins Every Time, 15 Foxy How-Tos. Fiction, Two Foxy New Love Stories. <laughs> Guys and you, your own super fox, how you'll know it's him. A lot of fox. These foxy Hollywood high girls, how they get guys. Who wrote this, a fox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every title. Uh, it's just a little fox behind <laughs> the, <laughs> the typewriter. Foxy, 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 fox. I'm the foxiest fox. Um, but yeah, and it's very, so this magazine was shut down after five episodes. The Concerned Citizens. Who looked at this and presumably said, I'm sorry. A woodland creature's writing this? <laughs> and also, like, uh, these are 15-year-olds. Yeah. And why are they bragging See? about their sexual exploits? It was always wrong. It was, it was always, always wrong. wrong. <laughs> no one thought flailing. it was okay. No. Except for Mick Jagger, and Jimmy, Jimmy Page. Page. We'll list them if you David want. David Bowie, etc. We're going to read you a little excerpt okay. about Sable's recollection of her encounters with these older groupies, including Miss Pam. I'm calling her Miss Pam because that was her, Miss like, Pam. groupie name. It's not a great groupie name. No. Okay. So uh, in this little excerpt, uh, Star Magazine is interviewing Sable and uh, Queenie. Who am I playing? You're playing Sable. Okay. Okay. So the Star Magazine interviewer said, how would you define a groupie? Everyone has her own definition of what a groupie is, but it's someone that meets the groups, goes to concerts with them, and takes them around town, and just has a good time with them being their friend. Yeah, I knew you'd do a good job Did I do playing a, good job? a bratty teen. <laughs> uh, and then Star says, uh, how did you get into the Sunset Strip groupie scene? 
And then Queenie says, I had this girlfriend and she started going to the whiskey here on the strip. And she told me how groovy it was and stuff. And then I just started hanging out. (laughs) And eventually I met more people and got my own thing going. Could you give me some tips on how to become a groupie? Sure. If you're the aggressive type, the flashy type, you make it. You have to be very flashy, sometimes even sleazy looking. In a way, sort of cheap looking. You just have to be noticed, you know, because you just can't stand the crowd hoping that one of the guys in the band will notice you. If you want to be a groupie, you should hand hand, hand around by their limousines. Hey, she Star, meant look, Star didn't have a lot of editors. Hang around by their limousines, or you hang around backstage or at the hotel. I usually know where a band's staying. I know where the hotel room is because I've got connections. Got big ears, too. Most groups stay at the Continental Hyatt House here on the Strip, but the super heavy groups stay at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and so you're always there. How do you get connections? Well, you just hang around the third billing bands just to get to know the connections, like the people that work for a record company or a concert hall or agents from the band. And you just can't walk away from them because you never know what they could do for you. Even if the guy is 120 years old, you have to be kissy with him because he might make good connections for you. Uh, and then start, no pause, no, I'm sorry, 120? Kissy? Kissy? They just say, uh, is there any rivalry and jealousy between the groupies? Well, there are only about 20 really good ones, and I'd have to say, I'm about the best. Then Queenie responds, ha, that's a good one. I'm not the jealous type at all. Queenie is, though, you know, because I'm always on top of everyone, because most groupies, I have to say, are just ugly. Queenie says, sure, Sable, you tell them. You're full of yourself. Queenie's holding a half glass of juice in one hand, just about to splash it on Sable. All right, girls, calm down. Queenie, how about the groupie click and Miss Pamela and the GTOs? Queenie says, well, they aren't around anymore. We don't have to worry about them. They're too old. God, they're real old, like in their late 20s (sighs) and their early 30s. Star says, that's old? Queenie says, sure. A lot of them sit at home and babysit and make clothes and stuff. A lot of them are traveling around with old men getting their money and using their credit cards. Yeah, they're just blocked out, you know. Like, they'll be sitting there talking to a band, and as soon as we walk in, they might as well jump out the window. Uh, And then Star asks about, do you ever get in any real uh, fights? And then Queenie uh, says that she was um, basically, that she's like thrown a gimlet on another girl in an effort to get mixed attention. (laughs) Who was serving them? (laughs) No one. I mean, that was not. I do know. That wasn't that crazy? Yeah. Okay. Like, my dad has talked about how he had a beard when he was 12. And they were like, serve them. Yeah. (laughs) He would just (laughs) go have a martini after school. Girl fights. Yeah. So uh, they're having all these girl fights, and it's just uh, amazing how little... uh, when you hear Pam interviewed and you read her book and her forewords, uh, she just hasn't, her perspective on this hasn't evolved no. one iota. She's and still she's a much older very woman. Very much in that 
Headspace. Yeah. So she's written that book. She's written a couple other books about being a groupie. Mm -hmm. She gives writing workshops about the art of the memoir. Uh, And then she, I followed her on Twitter and she posted this picture of her back in the 70s with Jimmy Page. And she wrote, happy 76th to this charming old gent. We sure had a passionate romance as youngsters. And then I retweeted it. Oh, yeah, you And did. I said, uh, well, he cheated on you with a 14-year-old. So I don't know if charming is the word I would use. <laughs> Good. Didn't get a reply. No. So, yeah, I just, um, I'm just, uh, it, it's it's shocking, yeah, how much she wants to play that card of how dare you judge me for being that way. And then uh, just doesn't ever seem to occupy the headspace of an adult. Of yeah. Like, wow, I was a grown up and Sable and Lori were, we're not. Fourteen. <laughs> and yeah. I let them get under my skin. Yep. And, and let old men yeah, take advantage of them. And never, never had shit to say no. to these old perverts. Yeah, maybe be freaked out by the old perv. Yeah. And not the 14-year-old. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess they were 20-year-old per- in their 20s perverts, but still. That's old when it's a 14-year-old <laughs> at stake. Yeah. I liked this quote from Dr. Rosemary Hill from the Center of Interdisciplinary Gender Studies at the University of Leeds. Uh-huh. She said about <laughs> Pamela DeBar in this um, uh, and her book, uh, she said in an interview with The Guardian, uh, DeBar's idea is that the groupie is the muse, Hill said. The way that she talks about sex with musicians as being about getting close to the music is really powerful. When you start to think about music and sex in those terms, it changes your idea of what it means to be a groupie. Mm. I'm talking about consensual sex, but some people think it's never free choice because of all the expectations. Mm. I think both of these things are true at the same time, and that makes it really complicated. That's very good. So it's this one, uh, on the one hand, it's like not only were they underage, it was also like, like this f- f- rock star. Rock gods, people would call them. Yeah. Rock gods. God, I really cannot you know? stand 60s documentaries. How, rock gods. Yeah, how it's just like, oh, there was so much social upheaval. And the music really reflected that. Nah, 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 nah. And it's just like, it's so <laughs> corny. And yeah. so like, okay, um, I really never feel more like a millennial than when I watch stuff like that. Yeah. Or I feel like the angry, I feel like millennials are the angry parents that the baby boomer generation didn't have. Yeah. It's like you hear this stuff and it's like, was it that cool or had you just never heard anything else yeah. before? Or were you just living, you know, because, you know, now yes. it's like everyone hears everything all the time and it's like, okay, yeah, you only listen to your parents weird uh, 40s music before then. So yeah, it's understandable that this made such a big impact on you. But like, can you look back now and see it a little bit differently and not have such a worshipful attitude towards them? Like, get over it. They can't. They can't. They can't. They can't. Give up on them. They won't. I also thought it was very telling that uh, in her in interviews, uh, Pamela has talked about how she met Jimi Hendrix when she was 17 and that he hit on her. And then she says, but I was a teenage virgin uh, and I just couldn't go there. Not yet. And she's so she talks about how much she put people off and how she waited yeah. until she was, I think, like 19, 19. before she actually had sex. Uh, and she's so precious about her own virginity and uh, how uh, and how she's like, oh, no, I was too young. I couldn't handle it, blah, blah, blah. And then these 14 and 15-year-olds show up. She's like, you tartlets. And she's like, you hideous tartlets <laughs> yeah, oh coming for my throne. <laughs> uh, 
so I thought it was really interesting also that she says of all the all the all the musicians that are uh, out there today, who who do you think from a couple episodes, who do you think she would go after now? Oh, she God. says if she was like a 19-year-old Harry. now. Harry Styles. Yeah. And I was just like, hmm, that doesn't make sense musically, but then no, I thought No, but physically. Oh, he's got that Britishness the and Jagger that thing. fluid sexuality mm-hmm. that she, and the that mouth so size craves. that she <laughs> so craves. <laughs> mouth uh, size. She says of him, I think he's talented. Right? He has a big mouth. Am I oh, yeah. No, he does. Uh, she says, I think he's talented and I think he's in it for the long haul, haul which is so rare or in the current crap, <laughs> current crop of kids. The current crap of kids. From the hole. From the hole. She said he's also got that easy femininity I've always liked. And he seems quite adorable. He's also mysterious about his sexuality, which is fabulous. Pam. I love that. Pam. Pam. Pam, 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 Pam. Hold, put it, hold it together. Yeah. Um, and that was just, and it was so... Uh, that to me really emphasized that was it about the music or did you just have a type? As a girl with a type, I'll tell you, it's never about the music. <laughs> I, I, I followed a ska band around. <laughs> did you? Well, not around, but I was their merch girl mm. at any show that was near my town. I fucking Boy. hate ska. Yeah, I know. But the lead singer was skinny and... I'm trying to imagine you ska dancing. I didn't. Okay. (laughs) I didn't. I hid behind the merch table so I wouldn't have to. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping you would give me more insight because I never went through a boy crazy phase. I remember when boy bands were a thing and I was just like, I've never related less to my peers. I was less about boy bands. Like I liked NSYNC for their looks, which was weird. <laughs> um, mostly Justin <laughs> for their looks. I know they're the ugliest band. <laughs> Even Justin Timberlake back then, he was, was such ugly. A well, I liked his little curls. I don't know why. Ugh. But I really loved going to like live shows. I do like, I will say, in my defense, I, I do like music, but I did not like ska. Look, we all like music. I like music. I didn't like ska, but I liked boys a lot at that age. Okay. A lot. Probably ever, as much as Pam. Did you ever get in a fight over a man? Not at a young age. Go on. I, <laughs> I've sold this on the show before. Yeah. But, um, and I was not fighting, but this girl punched you in the punched face. me in the face. We yeah. all know that one. <laughs> I can't remember when you talked about that before. It was probably like season, whenever it happened, probably two seasons ago. But yeah, um, yeah I've never felt the need to punch over a boy because... Two blocks away, there's another boy. That's the girls. thing. It's like there's always more boys. Babe, there's always they're, more boys. They're the ultimate replenishable <laughs> oh resource. Oh, my God, yeah. The fish in the sea thing is true. Right. There's plenty of them. Fish in the sea, <laughs> the fish, the lead. Look, they, and every boy plays guitar. You go to any guy's house, he's pulling out a guitar. Or he's pulling out a fish, and he's fucking you and with he's it. fucking you with it. And you have to be okay with that. <laughs> You have to be okay if with that. If you want to rock no, and roll. No, that's no, not the, no sorry, you that's don't. Not the, that's not the takeaway, Katie. <laughs> I remember um, sneaking out to a What About Frank show and getting to the show because I wasn't really, it was like late at night and getting to the show to sell the merch. And there was this fun feeling of like there was a long line and then they saw me and they're like, let her in. 
she has merch to sell. I don't uh, know if they said that part, but they said let her in. No, they said it. And I do feel that way still if I go to and shows. And then you looked at the other girls and I in said, line. Nisa, you tartlets. I guess I'm the queen. <laughs> I was 16. But so was the band. So we didn't have any age problems. Well, yeah. Teen band, Did teen you kids. actually flirt with the band? I actively was dating the drummer. Okay. Well, you left that part out. What a groupie. What a groupie. I still a am sort of groupie. like that. What, are they called? what about Frank? What about Frank? What about Frank? Play us out. <laughs> we should, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the most play time they've ever had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still have probably buried somewhere one of the trucker hats. No That's one's name was Frank disgusting. in the band. Yeah. Are we off? Yeah. <laughs> I pulled my, my ears off already. <laughs>